Welcome to Drone Business Talk, the show where we discuss the business of unmanned aviation. Find out about the latest drone applications and trends as we talk to drone company CEOs, business owners, pilots, and thought leaders to reveal the status of the drone industry. Welcome to episode 23 of Drone Business Talk. We're back with our series on the pioneers of the drone industry, and today's guest is Christian, the CEO of Holo in Denmark. Welcome, Christian. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing very well. Um, Christian, um, could you maybe um, start by introducing yourself and your company a little bit? Uh, yeah, my name is uh, Christian. I'm the CEO of Holo. I've been the CEO for about a, a year and a half now and uh, been with Holo altogether about uh, four years. Uh, come from a background in, uh, in IT management consulting. Um, Holo is a company uh, based in Copenhagen in Denmark. Uh, we're owned by the largest car importer in Denmark. We were founded back in 2016 uh, when they thought autonomous vehicles, uh, mainly for passengers, were right around the corner and that could uh, come and disrupt their core business of selling and servicing vehicles. Um, obviously, it hasn't quite turned out that way, but they are still interested in having us around to kind of investigate autonomy and be ready for when that comes because they still think that that is something that is going to happen. So we are focused on autonomy broadly. We, we drive passenger vehicles on the ground. We are looking into freight vehicles. But uh, we also fly drones in the air, uh, freight drones, uh, obviously at the moment, not uh, not passenger drones yet. But uh, we are trying to reuse some of the same skill set. Uh, so basically, you know, implementing autonomous software in uh, in real life. Yeah, I think um, it's it's a it's a very important part of the drone industry that is often forgotten that the drone industry is not only the unmanned uh, aerial vehicles, but it's also on the land and in the water. Um, is the is the water something that you guys um, are are moving into as well, um, or is it land and air? I would say we're monitoring it. Um, there doesn't seem to be that much uh, mature technology that is uh, usable on the water yet. Uh, so I think our skills could be reused if we find the right vendor, if we find the right customer, and uh, if we can put those two things together. But at the moment, we don't have any uh, strong leads for autonomous projects on the water. So does Holo um really connect then a manufacturer with a customer's needs or does holo produce um specific hardware itself as well uh no we don't produce hardware we uh, we don't do the autonomous software either uh so we are very much uh, the customer of a lot of different uh, drone companies or a potential future customer to take it to scale right if we can if we can find the right business case so our customers in turn are then pe people and companies who want to do something who wants to transport something from A to B, mainly uh, using uh, using drones in the air, and we will try to match their needs with uh, with the different vendors that we're talking to to find the right hardware platform and find the right software. Could you could you maybe give an example of your, of your favorite or or most successful project that you've done? Yeah, we definitely have uh, one uh, flagship project that we have uh, come the, the furthest with is the health drone project in Denmark. So uh, we've been working for a couple of years now to get everything in in place. Uh, it's a consortium in Denmark uh, of a hospital in Denmark, uh, in central Denmark. Uh, the Civil Aviation Authority and uh, other stakeholders, software vendors and uh, healthcare providers and so on. Uh, and the University of Southern Denmark. Uh, and uh, the drone vendor in that case is uh, Rigitech from Switzerland. So um, the whole idea is to be able to fly blood samples between a, a Danish island of the bigger island uh, of Fyn in central Denmark. 
uh, and fly it to the mainland first and then fly it to the central hospital using uh, a Rigitech drone. And we're quite close. We are now testing with the Rigitech's uh, IGA drone uh, and uh, hope to be able to, to fly proper deliveries uh, within the next couple of uh, yeah weeks, maybe months or something like that. All right, that's very cool. Um, drone delivery, it's, it's, um, it's a song that's been long it's, it's been long a song of the future that is now really coming coming to the present. Um, who takes care of of all the authorizations and all the legislation and like the the daily operations in general? Yeah, so that's all our task. So all the time we don't spend on building a drone and and doing the actual software, we spend on getting the actual permit. We're the permit holder uh, and doing the day to day operations. Uh, uh, you know, getting everything set up for the route in the airport and on the different landing sites. Uh, maintaining the drone, uh, and then the day-to-day -day, uh, operations of, uh, you know, putting the the actual drone in the air until it can can fly itself. Uh, batteries and uh, all these kind of things, managing the airspace, interacting with the authorities that manage the airspace, and so on. All right, um, Holo is is definitely been one of the pioneers in in the autonomous vehicle sector. Um, how was it to get started that early in in the game? Yeah, I think uh, it, it follows some of the the, the classic curves of uh, the hype cycle that you can always see for new technologies, right? Back in, in 16 and 17, uh, there was an idea that all these things were right around the corner and they were going to explode uh, very soon. And uh, if you weren't uh, paying attention and if you weren't moving, you would potentially get disrupted and uh, you would lose out that it was uh, there was some great advantages to being the first mover. Of course, we, we now know that it, it has taken a longer time with, with all these different segments to really get to a, a proper uh, positive business case. But we are seeing uh, major progress at the moment as well. So you can, if you follow the classic div of the hype cycle, we've been all the way up and we've been uh, all the way down. And I, and I think now we're, we're climbing out to the, what Gartner calls the plateau, plateau of productivity where things actually start to make sense. Absolutely, more steady and reliable growth um, over the next coming years. Um, something that I wanted to ask about health drone that I forgot is, um, it's it's very typical, and we we've seen it in Africa, for example, as well with zipline, is that the medical sector, for some reason, is a lot more advanced and a lot more willing to to do um, all these new innovations. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I think they have a very clear uh, business case in some cases. Uh, in in this case, we to take a, a blood sample from the island uh, that we start on off, on air to take it to the central hospital. Apparently it takes 12 hours a day using a, a diesel van and multiple handoffs. Uh, we're gonna do it with the drone in 40 minutes, right, potentially. So th there's a huge uh, time and, and cost saving there and, and quality saving. But I think also, I mean, the, the healthcare story is, is fairly easy to, to, to explain and it might be easier to, to get the innovation funding and to, to get all the different stakeholders on board because the, the, uh, the end result is, is very clear and, and everyone wants to kind of support that kind of use case. Uh, but we can also see now that there's a lot of other uh, potential use cases, other industries that are uh, going forward with, uh, with drone logistics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we we talked about how it is to get early started in the game. Is there something as being too early? Uh, yeah, of course there is. Uh, I mean, uh, you you can start and you can try all you all you want, and if you don't get uh, if you don't succeed, uh, you may run out of uh, time and funding and and the various other things before you can actually achieve your results. Um, that hasn't happened to us, but of course, it's a challenging situation to be able to, to make the timelines match, basically, to, uh, to, to keep investing and keep developing and, and keep maturing. 
uh, until that magical point where you see that it takes off as a business. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely uh, funding is is a big factor there as well. Um, when when you're in this in this hype cycle of of an industry, because yeah, the first few years you're not going to make a lot of profit most of the times. Yeah, and and what we see in the industry, of course, is that there's plenty of funding for uh, hardware companies and software companies building drones, but they will also face challenges when they want to prove prove their product in real life. When they want to show that they can actually do something they have to start doing pilot projects on their own and and you know build up the knowledge about how to get the permits and and do things in operation which is not really part of their core business so what we're really trying to do is to reach out to as many of these companies and build relationships with them to say you know we can actually help you go flying we can help you uh, get the, the proper results and and show your your product but of course we cannot uh, pay full commercial price and and, and buy a uh, hundred drones from day one we have to build it together yeah, I think um, a, co a couple of months ago, I had a podcast with uh, with someone called Benoit, who is a, a drone representative. And what, what he said is, look, these guys are, they're very good at making drones, but they not not so good at, at creating relationships and, and doing the actual business. So they, they need someone in the middle. Um, that seems very obvious. Um, but then on the other side or, or on the other hand, I don't know of much companies like Holo. Why do you think you have such a unique point in the market? Yeah, I think this is it's, it's mainly because the, the market is not mature yet. I mean, uh, when I look to the future and look at the companies that we may compete with, I, I see other companies that are implementing software in other industries today, uh, trying and go into this space and, and compete with us potentially in the future, right? But they haven't made their move yet because they haven't seen the uh, that, that it's about to take off, that there is a, a commercial use case here. Yeah, all right, yeah, that makes sense. Um, when do you when do you feel that that the market is going to be more mature? What What is your estimate? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's very hard to predict. I think um, I, there's a famous quote I love that it says, you know, the future is already here. It's just unevenly distributed, right? It's one of the famous uh, sci-fi authors, William Gibson, who said that. Um, and it, it's pretty much the way that I look at it. So it's not going to, you know, from one day to the next suddenly explode that we have uh, thousands of drones flying all over. It's going to be specific use cases in specific locations. Um, and already now we can see that there are locations and places and customers where it does make sense already. So we have a, a project that uh, is, is under development. We extended the first version of the application to the authorities in Denmark to fly uh, offshore to a windmill farm here in Denmark. And that's a fully commercial project uh, where we're going to be providing logistics um, and there you know the, the the whole setup is that the the need for this kind of transportation uh, if you do it today it's so time consuming and expensive that already today a, a drone makes sense in some way and how is it how is it to get the authorization for all these things in Denmark um, because I can tell you here in Belgium would I would say would not be easy but it would probably not be possible even to to get those authorizations yeah so i mean we're told that we are uh, pretty european leading in terms of the permits that we have had so far flying over populated areas for example as part of the route that we're flying in the health room project uh, so it has been challenging i mean it, we have done a, a, a ton of work this is really where we have spent the most effort we have built it up uh, piece by piece by flying uh, smaller uh, drones to begin with flying in different airspaces uh, proving uh, that we can fly first the visual line of sight beyond visual line of sight within a restricted area, outside of a restricted area, 
uh, flown close to the rescue helicopter at the hospital to prove that we could land our drone if it comes flying in and, and all these things. It's really been a step-by-step -step process to gradually prove that we are uh, doing things safely. I would say compared to, to the approval process that we've experienced on the ground for passenger vehicles, uh, drones are actually less complicated because there's European rules in this area. And there are some more clear guidelines for the authorities to actually follow. That's uh, on the ground, it's much more complicated. But at the same time, of course, uh, everyone is doing it for the first time. So uh, everyone has to learn uh, the, the questions that they need to ask from the other side. Uh, about how to, to run a, a safe drone project and even just the resources, the time that it takes on the authority side is something that they need to prioritize if they want to see uh, these projects succeed. So it has been a long and, and quite complicated process. But of course, now that we have gone through it uh, the first time in the health drone project and now doing second iteration in this uh, offshore logistics project, then uh, it's going to be easier in the future iterations. I can I can imagine that that uh, that on the ground it's it's much more of a gray area of of what you can do and what you can't do. Um, what would you say is is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned during those years regarding the whole safety and and so on? Yeah, I think uh, what we've learned is that we we challenge everyone around us. We uh, we push the envelope because we sit in the middle. So we, we challenge our vendors about the documentation they deliver, about the product that they're developing, the features, uh, the stability, the support that they are going to provide to us. Uh, so, you know, the, the right vendors, when we work with the right vendors, they, they see us as a kind of extended R&D department, right? They, they take all the knowledge that we can provide to them and they say, thank you very much. We'll go back and, uh, and try and make a product better. If, if you're not a mature vendor, you might see it the wrong way. You, you would see us as kind of criticizing your product and, and constantly finding the gaps, which is what we do, but you have to kind of take that into your, your process. So that, that's, one, um, that's one of the challenges. And, and then of course, we, we push the authorities as well in terms of the, uh, the processing times and the questions they ask. Uh, the best authorities that we work with are willing to have this dialogue. If they ask the wrong question, we can tell them, you know, that's not really relevant. It's not gonna uh, increase uh, safety in the project. You should ask this kind of question or we should go in this direction or, you know, can we do this workaround if we can't solve the problem in, in the way that they first specified? So, you know, it, it's a constant process with, with us in the middle, uh, uh, trying to make all these uh, things aligned. All right, yeah, I understand. Um, I, I forgot what I was gonna say. Okay, yeah, um, how big is the team at Holo? How many people are working constantly uh, on that? Yeah, we are about uh, 25 people uh, at the moment. Uh, we are uh, bigger before Corona, but of course, uh, since we are in a pre-commercial uh, industry in many ways, we had to cut back on some pilot projects. Day-to-day uh, -day working with drones, I would say we're probably have five people uh, completely dedicated to it. And then we have a lot of other people supporting and uh, jumping in and out of the different tasks when it's uh, needed to try and, and share the resources with the other projects we have going. It's quite a, it's quite a big team, 25. 25 people, um, definitely compared um, to the other teams in the industry. Um, what do you think, what, what is one or multiple things that the drone industry really needs right now that is not there yet in order to evolve? Yeah, I mean, the easy answer is always the funding, right? Um, we, uh, we now have very clear experience about what it costs to run a pilot project. We can, of course, uh, clearly document all the uh, tasks and, and the time it takes to do the work that we need to do, the permits, the operations and, and the support around the project, the IT integrations and so on. Um, so, uh, I mean, with better funding, we would be able to, 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 to do more projects and, 
in many ways. And um, and, and the same goes for uh, the vendors that we talk to. I mean, of course, there are some startups that have uh, have gotten a good funding to to run uh, to to do their product development, but running projects is uh, expensive as well. And uh, and everyone is is kind of looking at each other to see you know who has the money to to run the next project. What we're seeing now is that um, industry partners are coming in and they're willing to invest as well. But that is what what drives everything uh, forward. Um, and of course, we hope to see uh, more and more mature vendors. That has been also an issue that the industry is quite small and the, the vendors that are out there, maybe they can they can fly quite well when the smartest engineers are are close to the, the drone and when they can support it, but flying it, you know, well away from their uh, headquarters and uh, flying it early in the morning, late at night and all kinds of conditions when we start to break things, that is uh, definitely challenging. Would you say that that is one of your biggest challenges that you have right now? Yeah, I mean the the immaturity of the technology has always been the um, one of the main challenges because, uh, as mentioned, when we started back in sixteen, there was an expectation that things were going to arrive quicker than they than they actually have. So we we have to find compromises. We have to uh, explain to the customers who want to to experiment with this that they have to find compromises as well in their use cases. They have to start early to also find the gaps in their organization in their processes and, and everything that they do. Um, and that's that's are those are the companies that we work with, the ones that are have seen that need uh, quite early. If you expect uh, us to be able to deliver a, a fully commercial use case from from day one at the moment, then you will de- be disappointed. Yeah, I can I can imagine. Where where does your passion come from? Why why did you get into into Holo? Yeah, I think it's just uh, technology implementation in general is uh, is very exciting, and the the transportation and logistics systems that we have today are actually quite inefficient. I mean, you, there's a lot of things being moved around, there's a lot of people being moved around, but we could do so much better than we are currently doing because it, it is very limited in, in the case of the drone industry that uh, you know, competing with, uh, with helicopters and planes today, which are quite expensive and, and inflexible, I think there's just a huge potential to, uh, to do things better and to raise the quality of uh, in, in the healthcare sector and logistics and in the way people work. So that is a very big driver for, uh, for everyone at Holo. When do you think we will see it, um, the, the transport of, of people by drones? Yeah, I think it will take uh, probably more than five years uh, for something in uh, to really arrive in Europe. Um, yeah, so, that's, that's affordable for like the public. Yeah, I, I think again, it's going to be some specialized use cases to begin with. Uh, so it was actually part of the health drone project um, to begin with that we were going to buy and, and operate a, a, a people's drone uh, within the scope of the project, which was also very ambitious. But we uh, we wrote a report uh, inside that project to say these are the reasons we can't do it. And they were, you know, there was multiple reasons. There was legal reasons. There was technology reasons. There was um, commercial reasons. Uh, you know, there is not an available product even that we can actually go and properly test as a third party. The, um, the the demos that you see, uh, you know, whether they're flying in China or Dubai or wherever they're flying, it is the company that have built that drone. They're doing a one-off demo, and the best guys of that company, the, the smartest engineers, are probably the ones who built the drone and built the software, are standing right next to it. You you don't have anywhere where there's a people drone being operated by a, a third party like us, and especially not in any kind of day-to-day operations. But of course, some people think that when they see these demos and when they, they see the hype around it. So we often have to explain what the realities are. Um, would you say that during the years you've you've had to, 
to disappoint people more or less because of the the fake demos that have been given or like yeah, fake mean, is like a strong word but like misconceptions about about demonstration yeah there's definitely i mean it's kind of built into the hype cycle that people get disappointed so uh i don't think we have been very guilty of of hyping things up i mean we uh we, we definitely uh, wanted to to operate the, the people drone in that project but we also said as soon as we found out that it was not possible after doing our market investigations we were quite clear about it, it not being possible so um you know the, it is a frustrating thing to have to deal with to be the ones who have to uh, pull people back to the ground a little bit and um and there are some people who uh you know who think that we're just uh too conservative that we are uh, too cautious that we don't talk to the right vendors or we can't get the right permits or whatever it might be that it's uh, a hollow problem and not an industry problem and sometimes they those companies or those stakeholders and collaborators will go away and and then they will find out you know that we're actually just <laughs> telling them the truth we're trying to to make things work and then they might come back at a later stage and say okay well now we understand what's going on when they've done their own investigations yeah i i, I can imagine um what do you think will will be the next big thing in the drone industry do you think it will be the air taxis or do you think it will be something else i think logistics is, is going to take off uh within the next couple of years we really see uh some serious uh, progress here uh, we of course are based in scandinavia so we're looking at the moment mostly to to norway and, and denmark some of these routes where you have an island offshore or you have a mountain in the middle or a fjord or something that that makes things very inaccessible i think uh, some companies are going to start looking at drones and we will present them on what's possible and some of them are going to say now is the time to get started on some actual projects what we hope to do is uh, within the next couple of years is to to take up a, a pilot project where we fly many hours and many kilometers and convert that into a real service so ideally we would establish a kind of a, a logistics service area uh, using drones in an area where you wouldn't really care that we're actually fine. You would just deliver your package at a certain drop-off point uh, or pick it up at a, a certain pickup point, and we would take care of things in between. You would get a price, uh, and we would just take it from A to B, like the logistics companies do today. Um, and of course, it would be in the beginning we would cover a limited area, so it would be more specialized. But I think we would, uh, in an ideal situation, we would be able to establish a, a drone delivery area like that uh, in somewhere in Scandinavia within the next uh, one, two, three years. Yeah, I think I think definitely countries that have a lot of mountains or islands, they're gonna be the first ones to, to really to really see the value. Um, you could say that, or I could say that, and your website is pretty in that direction as well. Is that the future of unmanned uh, of of UAVs and of drones is is autonomous? Do you think that then there's no more future for all the drone pilots? That are getting licensed right now or what what do you think oh, there's definitely plenty of, of work for them uh, it's a classic discussion that we also have in all the other segments that we work with right are we going to put people out of a job and you know history shows that for some people of course it can be a, a transition and it can be a, a painful transition going from one kind of generation to the next but in in the overall uh, scheme of things there will always be you know more value added at the end of the day so you know, in, in 1900 or something, you know, 99 or 90% of people worked in farming, right? Today it's 1%, uh, but they were processing the tractor when that came out, right? They were very anxious that that was going to go and take their jobs. Now we have much better quality of food, much better uh, reliance in the uh, in the agricultural industry because of all this uh, automation and machinery. 
and I think we're going to see the same thing here. Some, uh, some there will be a lot of specialized drone use cases that we're not going to be able to deliver autonomously. They will still be flown manually. But what will also happen is that as we scale on, uh, uh, well, as we add autonomy, there is going to be a scale within the industry uh, that we haven't seen before. You're going to have these uh, logistics areas where there's going to be people needed for you know, testing, implementation, service, and all these kind of things around a drone route. Um, and, and that's going to add more jobs in the industry than there are currently. Yeah, I think definitely if 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 the if history has, has proven anything is that automation automation creates more jobs and and not less jobs. Um, Christian, that was that that were that were all my questions. Is there something that that you want to talk about? Um, it's always interesting to to kind of put the word out there that you know we would love to to work with more uh, vendors uh, from different areas. So. Uh, if someone else out there building a, a drone or in, in building the autonomous software to go with it, and is uh, you know the best engineers are, are are working on that product and you're testing somewhere, um, if you want to go uh, further, if you want to go longer, if you want to test it in real life, uh, and and trying to figure out how to to run a pilot project, I would hope you would uh, call us uh, sooner rather than later because there are still companies who who have a uh, good funding in in various ways. And they start off uh, trying to do everything in house. Uh, it is sometimes easier on the shorter term if you keep control of, of all the processes yourself. But uh, unfortunately, what we see is that that doesn't scale. Uh, you're going to be distracted from your core product, your core services, and um, eventually it will uh, it will get you in trouble once the specialization and uh, competition in the industry uh, intensifies. So we're always open to uh, to discussing. We uh, we may find a match, we may not, but I think everyone benefits from having the conversation and examining the possibilities. Absolutely. I, I will definitely send over your details to, to some of our partners uh, that we work with um, so that they may contact you. Um, Christian, thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining me on this sunny afternoon podcast. Um, I, I hope you had a great time. It was, a, it was an honor to meet you. Yeah, the same to you. All Have right, a good bye. day. Bye.